The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 159 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Eric Young, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. No fancy intro today, James. I probably could have pulled something. I didn't have time to do it, but uh, we had a heck of a Talladega race that I probably could have picked something from. Yeah, there was a lot going on there, man. You could have went any direction you wanted. And I feel like we could have came out on the right side of good. Yeah, I didn't. Did they do a radioactive yet? I haven't seen it yet, but I have. Uh, I've been scurrying around. Um, I am recording from my my new podcast right. podcasting studio tonight, so um, I haven't had a chance to to hop on and, and see what else is going on. But but yeah, I'm surrounded by um, oodles of. Tony Stewart diecast now, so I'm. I feel like this is a more fitting space for the I, podcast. It's I know, a good home for me. I, I'm jealous. I was just. I went and visited my parents last weekend, and my stepdad has a bunch of diecast stuff. And I told him, I said, just so you know, I said, I know I don't need to tell you this, but if you ever decide to get out of the diecast game, don't be getting rid of these things without coming to me first. And he's like, Oh no, yeah. I wouldn't do that. And it's like, yeah, first dibs, right? Yeah, I've been. You know, James is the race winners that that get me. Oh all, yeah, all the race winning diecasts. Uh, you know, if 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 they'd have had all those back about 10, 15 years ago, yes. I would probably be poor right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, uh, I really would like to get one of all the races I've been to. But I was I was heading down a very dangerous path <laughs> in about I'm looking at the diecast right now. I'd say around 2012 was probably a dangerous path for me. But then I decided <laughs> to get married. So that saved me. <laughs> yeah, save me from from uh, going down a very very treacherous slope. <laughs> you can have the wife or you can have the diecast, but you can't have both. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's talk about let's talk some racing before we talk about other stuff. If you guys are here for the other stuff, uh, we'll get to it. Um, but first, Geico five hundred Talladega Super Speedway, uh, Mother Nature with the win once again. This was our fourth rain delayed by a day rain delayed uh super speedway race in a row yeah yeah this Ridiculous. is our uh, this is our hashtag blame todd that we uh that's our inside joke yeah did, we, did we do the number to see how many race like what how many races this season are we on rain he knows now? <laughs> um yeah this has been well we had two weekday races rain out daytona 500 rained out um yeah. and then this one so yeah that's uh, that's ha- a handful. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones, but those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I don't Atlanta- know what NASCAR did to make Mother Nature mad, but man, Atlanta, just- Atlanta we showed up and then uh, we got hit with a pandemic. Right. So we, we headed home <laughs> from that one. Uh, what a year. <laughs> yeah, it's been something. But you know what? I, on Monday, I was certain we were going to start and we were going to be done. Yeah, I, I went mowed my grass during the break. I couldn't believe yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, the break was quick. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was it was pretty short. I was surprised they were calling drivers back to the car so quick. And Well, we didn't have uh, we didn't have um, t- air titans sliding down the banking. Right. Like we did on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So Dave Moody said, I think it was Dave. Maybe it wasn't Dave. It was somebody on Sirius NASCAR the other day was asked why we don't race in the rain. And they said, did you see the air tighten at a mile and a half an hour 
almost spin out on on Sunday. That's why we don't race in the rain. Because can you imagine what would happen at 180 I, uh, miles an hour? I texted you and I said that would be the biggest puckered up moment of my <laughs> life if I was in one of those things. Heck, man, trying to stand up there is dangerous enough, I feel like. But, man, yeah. to be in one of those things and oh, just the thought of tumbling down. What oh are they, God. 33 degrees at Talladega? 33 degrees and what is it? It's it's a few stories yeah, it's, up, up, it's to up the, there. to the top. Yeah. It's up there. Well, Daytona is like six stories, and that's only 31 degrees, and it's a lot skinnier track. Yeah, yeah. And I've stood at the base of that one. Yep. And that's uh, that's something. That's a long so, way. Shoot, Remember, I mean, the, uh, the only banking I've walked on is 18 degrees. That's the steepest I've walked on, and yeah. that's steep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been on the banking in Daytona. Um, myself and it's yeah that uh i remember standing in line on the front stretch trying to get back to my seats mm -hmm. before the 500 and remember my legs were killing me because it was that it's so hard to stay standing well i stood line, on but... the on the front stretch at michigan for driver intros and even just that was yeah awful your i know legs start to hurt because and it, that's not even near as much banking on the front stretch at michigan yeah, yeah. No, Daytona. Uh, when you go up, up the, up the banking, you then get to the ladder to go over the wall, and you don't think you can climb steeper <laughs> when you go right. up the banking. And then here's a ladder, and it's barely steeper than the bank was. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. It's one of those things that you do in person, and it changes your perspective. Just like being at a race in general would do that for you too. So yeah. Um, so we've gone this far and haven't mentioned the winner as we typically do. So let's, that's how we do it. Yep. Let's give some praise to Ryan Blaney with the win, uh, the right moves at the right time at the end of the he's race. A, he's the ace of uh, super speedway racing now. eh? he, he won is. Talladega in the fall. He uh, just barely missed out on winning the Daytona 500. And yep. then he wins this one. Yeah. He's, uh, he's one of the guys right now. He's, he's climbing the ranks. Yep. Definitely one to watch for. And, uh, you know, he, he seemed a little, he seemed a little, I don't know if ashamed is the right word, but feeling a little guilty about rubbing Eric Jones a little bit there at the end. I didn't think. Well, I, I think. So he, he, yes, he rubbed Eric Jones, but Eric Jones didn't wreck because of Blaney. Eric Jones wrecked because he got hooked from behind. I think what you're, what you're seeing there, though, Eric, is some of the remnants of Daytona. That's, you're probably um, right, yeah. That's, I think that that incident has changed the game just a little bit. The, these guys don't. I mean, I didn't see any difference in how they raced to the end of that race. I mean, they mm -hmm. were going for it. There was no stopping them. But I think there was the caution that is going to probably live in the back of Blaney's mind and, and a few other drivers right. uh, towards the end of, end of these super speedway races. Yeah. Um, great racing. I mean, I don't. Oh, well, yeah. If, all day. If you watch that Talladega race and you didn't leave enjoying that race, then get out of here. There's, yeah, there's no place in the sport for you, man, because they're they're The only thing we didn't have was cars getting off the ground. And I'll say that was great. Yeah, um, we had the wrecks. rules package. They nailed it. I mean, yeah. the cars by were great. Yeah, <laughs> Completely no, and, by you accident. know what? Um, watching the Penske guys kind of push and bump draft each other was just I mean, like, like Blaney said during the race, hit me as hard as you want. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. And I was just like, holy cow, dude, that's I mean, th he was completely sideways a handful of times. that save. OK, so here let's NASCAR needs to make a rule. I know that we hate the NFL when they have their equipment rules and that stuff. But NASCAR needs to make a rule mandating that these guys all wear white or yellow gloves 
because to see Blaney's hands on that steering wheel when his car got all kinds of out of shape on the front stretch and watch him go back and forth and how far he was turning the wheel each direction to save that car. That, oh, that just goes to show you that the people that go, yeah, they're just driving around in a car. Anybody could do that. No, no, <laughs> no, no, they not cannot. Like that. No, those, <laughs> those guys were special. Yeah. Those guys are special, man. It's uh, yeah, man, that was great. I, I just, I, I'm trying to think of specific moments from the race, but it was all just as a, as a whole it was just phenomenal. We phenomenal never, racing. we never had single file racing. So I watched all three races this weekend. Um, the Arca race was atrocious. It was but so bad. Par for the course there. Um, yeah, especially when you're starting 21 cars. I mean, yeah, Arca, you know, I don't know. I don't have real high hopes for Arca right now, but um, who knows? Maybe things will turn around. Um, so the Arca race was terrible. The Xfinity race was good, but we had single file racing in the Xfinity race. Yeah. There well, was never, never a moment where yep. they were single file in this race. They got to get rid of that pushing rule in the Xfinity series. Let yes, them drive. Yes, they do. You know, do what they did with these cars. I mean, they fixed the aero package on these cars to where they can't push. You saw a little bit of it, but they couldn't yeah. go more than, you know, half the straightaway and then they couldn't push anymore. Right. They get a run, they get a push, but they can't stay hooked up. Yep. They got yeah, enough this, to get it. This was to, perfect to, where you had the closing rate, but it wasn't a ridiculous closing rate. And because it wasn't a ridiculous closing rate, the cars would re-separate once the, they started pushing. The leader can't dictate everything. Right. Which is another thing that, you know, Brad Keselowski, when that was at its height, he was, that's when he was the Pied Piper. Yep. Um, and you just didn't see that. I mean, Blaney was above and beyond everybody else. I mean, you could just kind of tell he, he kind of had it all day, but um, yeah, it was just, I don't know, man. It was, I, I really liked what I saw. They could go high, they could go low. You had, I mean, it was just I don't know. It was like old school super speedway racing. It it looked great. It, that's what I want to see when I when I see Talladega and Daytona. So that's what it. was it? Was it the fact that we changed this aero package a little bit, James, or was it because there was rain threatening and you couldn't sit and relax? Well, I think rain always heightens everything a little bit. Right. That that threat of rain, but at the second half of that race was all. I think that was all just guys going for the you know guys going for it. Right. And nobody nobody wanted to sit back and ride. No. Which I loved. No, um, Truex did it for a little bit, and that was about it. We didn't see a whole lot of it at all. Yeah, there was not a lot of it. Um, and you know, there was there was kind of the dominant thing going on with the Penske guys. They were kind of strutting their stuff a little bit, and the other teams were trying to gang up on them. And, and there was a lot of gamesmanship going on throughout the race. Um, how, I don't. It, just, it was a great balance of everything. I feel like it how was just is it overall that the, good. The Toyota guys created the style of restrictor plate racing, and now they can't do it. I think the best drivers in, I, yeah. I, I mean, they're yeah. the ones who created this team crap, and yeah. now Ford's making them look ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, but Denny Hamlin's piling up Daytona 500s. That's I, true. So there's, there's that, but you are correct that the Penske guys seem to be, but think about who's driving for Penske. I mean, Logano and Keselowski are two of the best at this. That and is then true. You know, you've got Blaney, who's Well, Blaney's obviously one of the best now, too. Yep, so they've all emerged, and it's got to partially be part of the car. You think about you think back to the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Michael Waltrip era of the of DEI, right. you know those cars were just incredible, and the drivers were phenomenal at the at the plate racing too back then. Yeah, I think you're seeing a little bit of that here. I mean, we we've seen Stuart Haas racing a couple of years ago. Remember they dominated Talladega um, a couple of years back, and they were just the four cars were just hooked up and nobody could touch them. So yeah, I think it comes and goes. Uh, right now it's Penske's time. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we had, I mean, we had everything we had side by side racing three and four wide. We had a, a, you know, a shootout at the finish. We had fuel mileage at one point. Late race, late race caution. Yeah. The fuel mileage came into play. We should mention that. Um, that cost a couple of guys. Bubba Wallace was, was a yeah. victim of that. Yeah. It cost uh, me too in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, that late caution where Jimmy, and that wasn't Kevin Harvick's fault, that last caution, right. but um, he had nowhere to go. And I kind of felt bad for Jimmy. He got dumped, but he rallied back, you know, yeah. 13th place finish. And that was good to see Jimmy Johnson up there late and Bubba was leading at one point. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that last push down the, down out of turn four. I mean, John Hunter Nemechek, I thought for, I thought John Hunter was going to win the race Yeah. through the trial. I'm like, he's coming, he's going to win this thing. And then all hell broke loose and, you know, it was Blaney and Stenhouse to the line. Eric Almarola finishes third with his back bumper. Yeah. He, and he was, <laughs> how many inches was he from winning the race? Right. If he clears Stenhouse, yep. he wins, he wins the race. Yeah. And Ricky Stenhouse, we give, well, we being the NASCAR contingent, give him a lot of crap, but that dude still can drive these super speedway races. Yeah. He's, I mean, he was good all day, solid all day. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like there should be a whole lot more to talk about, but I don't really know that there is. It's just this was an excellent race. If we can get this every time we go to Talladega. Keep I'm, it 500 miles and let's go. <laughs> I, like, you oh, know, man. I'll tell you what, this was one argument for not going shorter because it was great at the length it was. Yeah, and the stages, they break the stages up very well. I mean, just praise all the way around. And kudos to, you to know, everybody who made this happen. I don't know that I would say this about any other. Well, I'd say this about road courses too, but I feel like the first two stages need to be a little longer. I Maybe. feel like they're almost too short, especially the second stage when you eat into so much of it from the end of the first stage. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it was pretty good. Um, I, 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 I think the, the only thing I was a little disappointed that we might have fuel mileage stuff at the end, just because it's fun to see the crazy finish. Um, yeah, but even that I think was shaping up to be pretty exciting that, to see what was going to happen. That kind of cost Logano too, right? Late, you know, he was leading late and it didn't work out for him either. But yeah, there was. I hate to see the fuel mileage at the restrictor plate racing. Well, the super speedways, that's a dollar in the jar right there. Right. Um, but for super speedway racing, I don't want to see the fuel mileage stuff. But it, it, but it does make it more exciting. I mean, you get you get the the field mixed up a little bit, um, which is always entertaining when you got guys kind of coming from nowhere to uh, to make a run. Right. Um, let's see. What do we have here? Uh, I can't, what happened to Matt Kenseth? He had, oh, that's right. They had the, he broke the up uh, rear yeah. hub. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon got involved in the wreck with Brad Keselowski. Um, so 38, 39th, 40th, those three. Um, yeah. Chase, that's another point I wanted to quickly make. Um, Chase is great and he's having a great season, but he has like a mental block on super speedway races. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, um, just a, yeah, but he won at like Talladega last year, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. But I've seen this time and time again from him where it's just like a, there's like these. But maybe it's just super speedway racing, too. Maybe I'm being too critical of Chase. Right. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's got to win there, too. But it's just every – I don't know. I feel like almost every time we go to a super speedway track, he's causing an accident. I don't know. Right. <laughs> That's a little harsh. Um, Kyle Busch ends harsh. up 32nd. Um, Christopher yeah, he was yelling at he was yelling and screaming too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christopher Bell, 29th. Um, Clint Boyer, who we expected more out of, finished 25th. Um, Ryan Newman, 24th. That hurt me on fantasy as well. Yeah. 
Um, otherwise, I mean, Brad Keselowski was 19th, uh, but I think he had fuel issues at the end, didn't he? Yeah, victim of circumstance there, yeah. So, I mean, you got guys that are in mid-pack that normally aren't. Joey Logano, 17th, so... And he um, led 33 laps on the day. Tyler right. Reddick led a bunch of laps. Yeah. Um, yeah, Reddick looked really good again. I thought Hamlin was toast, and I benched him on my fantasy team, and he fired back yeah. and got a fourth, and I'm really, t- I was really ticked off at myself about that one. Um, Chris Buescher with a sixth-place finish. Great for him. You mentioned John Harnemacek. He finished eighth. Um, William Byron looked good at, at points during the race. He led 11 laps. Uh, he finished 11th. Um, we mentioned Jimmy Johnson got the spin, still came back for 13th. Uh, looked like he could have won the thing, you know? Um, yeah, he had, a, he had a chance. He was right there. He was part of that group, you know, plays out a little bit differently for him. Yep. Um, but overall, great race. Uh, can't wait to go back to Talladega. Can't wait to get to Daytona and Talladega, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, oh, man. We could that race was... to Talladega seven times a year, and I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> just, it was refreshing to watch really good racing. Um <sighs> Just I, we've had some pretty decent racing this season overall, but that was that was old school Talladega. Yeah. And that's what I really was. was happy about that. Yep. It was good stuff. Good stuff. It wasn't too wrecky. Um, nobody got hurt. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> fluky. Um, we didn't have, you know, NASCAR did a good job not throwing a caution on that last lap uh, when they wrecked on the back stretch. Should have probably thrown the caution, but they didn't and let them race I, out. And I'm, I'm in favor of that. You know, yeah. I still think that we need to have you know, sectioned cautions on the last lap that if there's a wreck back in turn three, we can say, okay, cautions out when you come off at two, but race back to the line. Right. You know, or cautions out on or the back stretch or whatever, but the leaders can race back. I don't know how you relay that to the drivers. So people aren't, you know, racing when they shouldn't be and are when they should be, but there needs to be, I feel like there's a middle ground somewhere there. Yeah. That, you know, you don't have to wave the caution for the car. On the, well, on the and I'm glad stretch. NASCAR let it play out. I mean, as they should have on the last lap, too. I mean, they're, you know, we've seen instances where NASCAR's thrown a caution, maybe not in that specific circumstance, but they let those guys finish, which was which was good. So who was it in the Xfinity? Was it the Xfinity race or the cup race that somebody got a really stupid uh, going below the yellow line uh, penalty? I must have been the Xfinity race. I don't I didn't I don't recall that from the cup race. Yeah. Somebody got forced. They forced somebody below the line. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um. Oh, who got forced down below? It was. It I was, remember it now, but I don't remember the drivers involved. And it was. It was. I think it was a couple of Toyotas. I think they were in JGR cars, maybe. And it was just. You know, I'm so tired of this. Get rid of the yellow line rule, for God's sakes. <laughs> Let them please rid of it. A bit. We didn't yeah. have the yellow line rule at the restrictor plate race or the, the Talladega race on iRacing, and nobody went below the yellow line, and they didn't, didn't have to worry about getting hurt there. Yeah, the only time it's, I mean, keep the L-line rule if you want, but on the last lap, let it let it go. Just get rid of it, James. I know, I agree with you, but I'm just saying I'm trying to compromise for yeah, you. <laughs> I don't want to compromise. I want that rule gone. Um, I was going to, oh, shoot, I was going to say, um, well, I, for, I lost my train of thought, so anyway, we can keep on going. Yeah, we'll, come, we'll come back to it if you think of it. Yep, um, we got tied up. All right, done with the race. Shall we get into the into the thing? The other stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the thing. All right. So we'll talk about the elephant in the room. Um, at this point, we're recording this on Wednesday. We know a lot more about the whole uh, new situation than we knew over the weekend. I think we didn't talk about it on Monday. I'll oh, tell you that. No kidding. Um, you know, you and I were talking even even last night, you know, when we were fresh off the news that it wasn't a hate crime, that 
I think we probably had differing opinions last night than what we have tonight too. So um, let's run through the timeline here real quick. You guys are pretty familiar with this. I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, well, you, know, you guys are national, NASCAR yeah. fans. And it's national news. Yeah, though, so if, if you're stumbling on this, you're, you're probably heard it there too. Yeah. If you've had it on, if you turn on CNN, then you've seen it. Um, so on Sunday and I haven't, my understanding is it happened during the rain delay. Um, but I could be wrong on that. One of the team members, and we found out today it was a, it was one of the black team members from the 43 car, um, saw, found, saw the rope hanging on the garage door. Um, looked like it was an, in the shape of a noose. Um, he went to the uh, crew chief for the 43 car, who then reported it to NASCAR. Um, NASCAR president Steve Phelps was alerted. He came. Um, they started an investigation immediately. Uh, Steve Phelps spoke with Bubba that evening to let him know that they had found this noose in his garage. Um, NASCAR issued a statement Sunday night uh, announcing that this investigation was ongoing. Um, Bubba Wallace also issued a statement on Sunday night. Uh, Monday, we had a huge so show of support uh, for Bubba at before the start of the race. Um, we'll talk more about that when we get into this discussion. Um, and then Tuesday... Photos began circulating online showing a rope with a loop on it um, on, in what looked like the same garage or similar garage saw last fall during the cup race. And on Tuesday evening, the FBI, or sometime Tuesday, the FBI, FBI finished its investigation. NASCAR announced yesterday evening that, or on Tuesday evening, that it was basically all a big misunderstanding and that the, the knot had been tied prior to or had been tied before, at least before last fall, at least as recent or as, as far back as last fall or further. Um, it was n not a noose, but it was a noose. I mean, they keep, they still keep using it's, the term noose. It's a noose. It is. It's a noose. It's Let's not call it what it is. What yeah. basically the way I understand it is it's not a hangman's knot. It's not a noose that's going to tighten if you were to be in it like an actual noose, but it is in a noose shape. Yeah. And the FBI called it. They said it is a yes. rope fashioned into an into the an, into a noose. Correct. It is that is what I mean. That if the FBI is calling it what it is, we're gonna have to call it what it is. Some additional facts in this before we start discussing it. Um, that and, and by facts I mean this is stuff that's been reported from other people. We did not witness it ourselves. We weren't at the track. A very small group of people actually saw this. Um, but so first of all, Bubba Wallace was never in the garage. At any point, um, the drivers never saw it. Yeah, the drivers aren't allowed in the garages. Bubba didn't see it. He saw a picture of it afterwards, um, according to his statements, because he's talked about what it looked like. Um, but he did not see it. He's not the one who reported it. He is not the one who started the investigation. Any of that. That was all done prior to Bubba even knowing about this news. Um, the the crew member who alerted the crew chief before he alerted him, walked down several, walked down the row of garages, he said, and looked at the other ropes and none of the other ropes were fashioned into a knot. They were all just straight ropes hanging there. Um, trying to think what else, James, do we need to specify here specifically? Uh, as far as the details are concerned, I mean, I think we, I think that covers the timeline pretty well. I, yeah. Um, did you mention part and pardon me if you if you did but did you mention that steve phelps went to bubba wallace's 
um, RV. I and mentioned that, that he, he told Bubba about it. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, in he, person. In person at his motor coach. And and we know that it was emotional. Right. That is reported as well. Yes. That is an emotional conversation. Yes. <clears throat> um. So I guess I'll start the discussion on this, James. Last night, I was very embarrassed when we heard this news. It was one of those things like I had seen the pictures earlier in the day of the garage stall with the rope. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks like a noose, but come on, these guys are going, looked at the rope to make sure that it wasn't that. But those details are a little bit different too, because my understanding was that somebody had left this noose laying in the garage stall, but it was just hanging from the, the door. Um, it never was removed from the door. It was removed from the door in the investigation. Um, so I guess that kind of, rules that out for me. But anyway, again, last night I, I, I was embarrassed for NASCAR. We looked really foolish today. As I look back on it, I think everything was done correctly. Everything was handled the way it should have been handled. The thing Correct. you guys have to understand is that the, with this announcement of the Confederate flag, there has been, I mean, you, you and I, James have been on social media and seen, the, the posts that people have made, we have no idea what sort of threats that NASCAR, NASCAR officials, Bubba Wallace, his team, Richard Petty, any of those people have received as a result of this. But I guarantee you there have been. Yep. So they are already on heightened alert because of this. Somebody flew on Sunday morning over the track with a banner that's a defund NASCAR with a Confederate flag flying behind it. Um. You know, they're in Talladega, they're in Alabama, the deep south, um, nothing against the folks in Alabama, but, you know, if there's a place that's going to defend the Confederate flag of anywhere else, it's that area, um, it's that track, that's going to be the most volatile one. Um, you know, historically, it's the track that hated Jeff Gordon when he beat Dale Jr., you know, the, the northern guy beat yep. the southern guy, you know? And yep. all of that. So I don't think NASCAR did anything wrong. I think they needed to investigate this the way that they did. They had no knowledge of the fact that it was there in the fall. Um, I think the fact that they had an investigation, everything worked out the way it should have. The only part where I can say, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that is the fact that they immediately issued the statement Sunday night and made this a public situation. Now, I don't think NASCAR did that to get publicity. I think NASCAR did that to send a message to whoever they thought did this. Yes. That we are coming for you. But that's where we look silly. If they would have not issued that statement, yes, it might have come out. Somebody might have found out about it and the rumors might have started circulating and then they'd had to issue a statement. But at least then it wouldn't have looked like they were trying to put this out there for everybody. Um, yep. But don't get me wrong. I, I know without talking to them from what I've heard, from what I know from working with NASCAR, that this was not a publicity stunt. No, God, no. This was nope. a, an overreaction to something rightfully I, so. And I think that it would have, I think that if the same thing happened tomorrow, they'd do the same thing again. Yeah. And Steve Phelps has said as much yeah. that this, he would not change how he handled it. And Eric, you're a hundred percent correct on everything you said. I, I want to second everything because like you said, it's the right thing to do and you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't Yep. in this, in this specific situation, 
because I think I think what people are celebrating, I'm going to air quotes this, they're <laughs> celebrating right now that, ooh, look, NASCAR took a victory lap and look what happened. Right. But they were wrong. And my, I've come on the side of, well, damn it, let's be a little bit embarrassed. Would you rather be a little bit embarrassed and know that you made the proper steps and the proper steps taken with sincerity? Right. Versus you know, maybe a year or two ago, even a different NASCAR in a different world would have handled this so much differently. This, the, our, the leadership of NASCAR is ready for this. This shows me that they're ready for this fight. And yeah, they've got a little egg on their face because of the best case scenario, right? Right. This is the best case scenario that this was not a hate crime. And thank God it's not, and we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, like we shouldn't be upset about the fact that this was this was unfounded. We should be thrilled that this was unfounded. Exactly. We should yes. be so happy that there's not somebody in the NASCAR garage and, because listen, NAS- nobody exactly. has access to this garage except for officials right now. Exactly, and NASCAR doesn't have, you know, like they didn't sweep this under the rug. Right. They brought it. If they would have swept they, this under the rug and it was a real thing, can you yes. imagine if Bubba would have gotten hurt? Because somebody exactly. was attacking him on Sunday. And NASCAR took this to the media. They they brought it to the forefront themselves. They volunteered, like, hey, this is what we're doing. And they, they were straight up. They did they did everything that they said on Sunday. Yep. Moving everything forward from the FBI investigation onward. They did what they said. Yeah, they didn't screw around. Not, there were fifteen no. members of the FBI there and investigating. Let, and let me tell you something else. It's not the media's fault for reporting it. No. Especially the way that they did because they had information and they reported it. They didn't – nobody in the media that I read, any any credible piece of media that you can see from Gluck to Pocris to whomever, they, none of them were pointing anybody out or speculating. Right. There was no speculation. It was I just reported. I will say, Chuck went up to, to, um, to Pocris, though, because he did ask. Yeah, well, rope. that's what he does. <laughs> that's what he does. And so. he's the one one of the guys who had a picture of it yep. from last year, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then there's the contingent of people coming after Bubba Wallace. Ridiculous. Shame on everybody who is tweeting at him and giving him a hard time. And now he's on the media circuit mm-hmm. trying to defend. And this is where NASCAR is falling a little bit short. Where where are they right now with right. Bubba helping him out with some of this stuff. Cause I feel like he's taking on a little bit of an unnecessary burden. Yeah, I agree. Um, but shame on anybody who thinks that he had anything to do with this either, because he's the guy who's, who spearheaded the let's get rid of the Confederate flag. Thing. Right. That's not what's going on here, man. This is just, I think, I think if anything, Eric NASCAR leadership is scared. Well, that's what I was going to say. I read something this morning that somebody said, NASCAR's NASCAR's scared. They, they, they started this this thing. And I don't blame them. And they're scared. Yeah, damn right they're scared. Yeah, this is a fight. This is not <laughs> Eric, we have all of this stuff going on. We have planes flying over an empty racetrack. I mean, how stupid is that, yeah. right? You're yeah. But Yeah, how much money did there. you spend to fly over a track with five thousand fans? Exactly. We're an idiot, <laughs> by the way. Um but seriously, we don't have fans at the track. This has this is this is only the beginning of this fight. Yeah. Um and NASCAR you know, has a history. They've have a history of not embracing racism per se over the, over the recent years. I mean, there's, there's the Wendell Scott thing and we can, yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast or <laughs> for somebody else. Maybe they have a history of doing what they need to do and nothing more. 
Exactly. <laughs> they don't they don't encourage racism, but they they have a history of not doing anything with it. Right. But they've made the choice now that we are not dealing with this anymore. Yep. I almost I almost pulled a Marty Smith and swore <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> swore. Um, but uh, so I, I think that. Um, we should be proud of NASCAR leadership for for a lot of things here, and we should be proud of the sport for coming together. Um, I think we need to be really proud of the drivers who the orchestrated what they did on, on yeah. Monday morning. Because um, yeah, this doesn't the, take away from that, right? This, right. How the, awesome the, was that moment seeing Kyle Busch lead the rest of the drivers, pushing Bubba's car down pit road? I mean, that was... And kudos to to Jimmy and Kevin for coming up with that whole thing. I mean, just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a more memorable moment in recent memory. And I just, I can't, that's something that is so positive. Yeah. Because I, I was listening to a, and this is not my belief, Eric, but this is just something that I heard. I was listening to a national radio show today and they were asking, sincerely asking when has NASCAR had a national moment like this right in recent years, what have been the national moments for NASCAR that have been this big? So we start here, we have Bubba Wallace. They said Tony Stewart's incident and Dale Earnhardt senior's death. Yep. All ugly things, right? Until you get to Bubba in that unified moment. And even though we have a little embarrassment to deal with, that's minor, that's small potatoes compared to what we saw on Monday yep. with those drivers coming out with him and that showing of unity. I just thought that was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Um, no matter what, no matter what the reasoning was for it. I don't, I mean, honestly, the, there's, there's no different reasoning. The reasoning's not any different despite That's the their fact, brother, man. Yeah, That's exactly. Despite the fact that this turned out to be unfounded, all those drivers still stand with Bubba Wallace. All those team members still stand with Bubba Wallace. That shows that, the support that he has in the garage area. That's why it's yep. important for somebody like Bubba to be in our sport. And you know what else, Eric, the next time somebody wants to pull some crap because it's going to happen, oh, yeah. there's going to be something, but somebody's going to try to pull some crap. Let it be known that the sport has his back, right? right? They are literally and figuratively have his back. And I just love the imagery of that. Yeah. Um, moving forward. Like, that's going to be something we'll remember forever. And this isn't because Bubba Wallace is black. This is because this is what NASCAR is. It is a family. Good. It's good people. As much as we want to see the rivalries, as much as we get mad at each other on the track, these guys are a family. They travel together week in and week out. They're not maybe together as much um, the last few weeks as they have been in the past, but it's a family. They all look out for each other. They all care for each other. And when somebody's down or appears to be down, they are going to support them. And especially, especially if they're worth their salt as a person. Right. And you know, Eric, I, I thought back and I actually did a social media post that had some sort of emotion to it, <laughs> <laughs> but I remembered when you and I interviewed him at MIS in the media center, when mm-hmm. he came in after his win. And I remember that you and I had this conversation about him about how impressed we were as a person, not because, and we talked about it. We're not impressed with him because he's a good person and he's a black man. Right. He is a good person. Yep. And that just shows you like the, the, 
we we didn't see something in a fleeting moment there. We saw the genuine Bubba Wallace yeah. that day in 2017, and it, you can tell by the support he has that he that is the person that he is. Yep, he's a good dude, man. I I like yep. Bubba. I want to see him succeed. And how cool! Before we, I, I know we're kind of going to be moving on here, but the ending of that race with the fans in the stands. Yeah, that was really cool awesome, too. dude. Yeah, really cool. They came down from Atlanta. That was their first NASCAR race. Um, and Bubba came up, no mask, didn't care. Yep. He just said, I, Hey, it, and at that time we didn't know what this whole thing was. And he said, I don't want people, I don't want whoever did this to not see me smile. And I thought that was super powerful. Yep. You know, yeah. Who cares? He's bringing fans to sport. You guys, if you want the sport to succeed, you need to be happy with what he's doing. He's bringing people in. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And be welcoming when we get back to the track, please. Yes. Like let's all do our part cause we can. Yep. And we will. Um, NASCAR did a cool thing this weekend too, not quite related to this, but sort of with the new fans coming in, uh, they were answering questions on Twitter. People new, new to the sport. They tweeted out there, you know, what do you want to know? What are the questions that you have? And they were answering questions for people. That was pretty neat. That's too, awesome. So, yeah. Really cool. Um, taking advantage of the fact that we're getting some new fans. So that's great. Yeah. And I have a, a quick, this is a, a kind of a social media shout out, but a quick bu- uh, buddy of mine, Derek winner. Um, he has a new Twitter account, no NASCAR at no NASCAR. And he wanted to reach out and do his part to help new fans. Nice. And he's encouraging people to ask him questions. Cool. So I thought that was really cool. And I was, I wanted to give him a quick shout. Cause I, I love that. Sweet. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I think we covered that. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, <laughs> this, I'm getting really, it's really hard <laughs> to do these really deep subjects. Yeah. Well, but... I, I quit following or quit looking at social media after last night. Um, yeah. You got I'd to. had enough of it. Uh, today I went to. back on a little bit and there's more positivity flowing again. So I think everybody had a chance to think about it. I mean, look, we were all annoyed last night. We were all embarrassed. It's just, you know, it was the most conflicting thing I've ever <laughs> Ryan McGee said it on Twitter. I retweeted it Re- relief and embarrassment all at one time. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, when, when have you felt relief and embarrassment in the same? F- I mean, that is just strange, a strange feeling to be like, Oh gosh, I'm embarrassed a little bit about my sport again. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, I hope this doesn't discourage anybody from reporting something if they see it in the future because we need to. You know, mm-hmm. this this stuff's gonna happen. You're gonna look foolish sometimes, but it's the thing that you didn't and, report that you should have that becomes the issue. So when you see something, say something. Yeah, and and keep. Um, you know, if if uh, I mean, there's a lot of ugly things said on social media of late and it's you know kudos to the people who are bringing to the forefront and aren't shying away from it either right um, we don't have to get into specifics on any of it i mean you can go out there and find <laughs> it for yourself but um you know there's a lot of ugliness out there but we need to continue to call that out when when we can i i as much as i dislike social media sometimes it's you know boy it brings out the ugly in people but you can really spin that into a into a positive if you, if you see fit yeah yeah, if, if you need to know why this was an issue, all you need to do is go look through the comments on Twitter yeah. over the last couple of days. I could point you in the direction of one, but I'm not going to give them any airtime on this podcast. Yeah, we don't need to anymore. Nope. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty sad, to be honest. So um, yep. glad it was nothing. Glad, it's, uh, glad we look foolish, because I'd rather look foolish and find out that somebody within NASCAR, within the teams... Better to be foolish than to be supporting racism. Yep. That's, you know, 100%. Yeah, I guess is, is, that, is that an easy way to say it? I don't know. I think but. that wraps it all up. 
good. Okay. With that, I don't have any idea how to transition out of that, so I'm just going to go right on to the next news. Let's item, roll, baby. Which is that Eric Jones and Christopher Bell are currently in contract talks. Um, a lot of this revolves around Eric Jones because he has a one-year contract that ends this year with uh, with JGR. Of course, JGR, I'm sure, doesn't want him to go anywhere because there's still a lot of potential with Eric Jones. Um, Toyota doesn't want either of these drivers to go anywhere, but Christopher Bell's in a situation because while he has a multi-year contract, uh, Levine Family Racing basically says that they're walking a tightrope, and that's their line, not mine. Um, mm -hmm. getting to the track each week right now with the COVID and all that stuff that they are struggling. Um, so trying to figure out what we're going to do with, uh, with these guys to keep them in, in a Toyota, I guess is the biggest yeah, thing. It seems to have been going on for two years with these two guys. Yeah. Hasn't it? I mean, it's been, and poor Eric Jones is this year to year stuff is not fair. No, I feel like not. for him. And so we're, we'll talk silly season. Let's jump into, let's add the thing that's at the end of our list too, that Tony Stewart mentioned that he'd like to sign Kyle Larson, um, but he doesn't have anything to announce yet. Surprise, uh, surprise. Right, I know. We, did, didn't we predict this one? Um, yeah. But so you got a situation at Stewart Haas that, okay, now who's on the outside looking in there? You and I were talking before we started recording the podcast that maybe Boyer plans to go to the booth. He did a great job with Jeff Gordon during the iRacing stuff, so maybe that's in the works. Um, but otherwise, if, if they want to keep Boyer around, then it's Eric Almirola. But is Eric Almirola going anywhere? You know, he's still got some potential, too. Well, and he's got a good sponsor with Smithfield. Yeah, and so, I mean... Does Smithfield want to uh, align with Kyle Larson? Does NASCAR look at, you know, increasing the team limit to five? I, that maybe. would fix I, these two teams' issues. It would be great if they did. You and I have often talked about that. We need to go back to that. Um, yeah, they're getting around know. it anyway. I mean, well, Levine Racing is just an offshoot of Joe Gibbs, and I wonder if some of this is a little bit of politicking for them. Could I, be. I, I doubt it though. I, I feel like they've always been a pretty straight shot team. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I hate it. I hate it for Eric Jones. I mean, I'll go back to that point though. Yeah. I hate it for Eric Jones because he's. I mean, he's so dang talented, and he's. But on year-to-year -year deals, basically, ever since he got into the Cup Series. I there's, don't know. There's some good, a uh, couple good Ford and Chevy rides that are open right now. So that's that's <laughs> that's why Toyota's nervous, because there you, are good openings on the other side of the aisle. Can you imagine if Stuart Haas retooled with, you bring back Kevin Harvick as your, as your guy. You've got Cole Custer, which is fine. But you retool with an Eric Jones and a Kyle Larson, possibly. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's not maybe probably not going to happen. No, but, <laughs> but Eric mean, Jones is going to be one of those guys that the next team he goes to, he's going to kill in. Look on it. Yep. Yep. It, it totally he doesn't stick in that 20 car because I, if, and Joe Gibbs needs to look in the mirror on that one because mm -hmm. they screwed that up really bad and don't do it again. That's yep. all I'm saying. Yep. I agree. Christopher Bell's a great talent, but Eric Jones is really dang good, man. Yeah. And he's younger. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a quite the pickle. <laughs> it's definitely quite the pickle. <laughs> uh, um, Texas going to allow fans for its July 19th Cup Series race. There will be no fans for the Xfinity or Truck Series races, however. Uh, Eddie Gossage said on Twitter, if anyone comes to those races and is reported sick, the rest of the weekend gets shut down per the state. Can't take that risk. This, I love Eddie Gossage. <laughs> yeah, but this to me is like I know. Yeah, I let's know. let some fans in, but we're only gonna do it on the last day because we know we're gonna get shut down if we do if we do anything different. Yeah. Does that not yeah. tell you that you're doing the wrong thing? I know. 
mean, I know it's Texas and that's what we do in Texas, but <laughs> I it's like I said with the All-Star race coming up here. I said, "The hell are we doing with 30,000 fans? What the hell are we doing?" I don't know. 30,000 fans in a in a place where the air doesn't circulate. I just yeah, Eddie, don't I don't know. It seems unnecessary to me, but yeah, I mean I, I'm, well, what, we what are we doing it for? Are we doing it? Are we? Do we need the extra money? I mean, are we doing it because we want to be the first track with a full how set much, of stands? Like, I don't get the what you're winning. Much, yeah. I don't know who would want to go. Right. Well, I mean, people want to go to NASCAR races, but I mean, I will say, James, that you know, I I'm almost to the point where I'm like, okay, and you could see them starting to relax a little bit on the broadcast and stuff too with the masks. For the NASCAR stuff like I don't know I mean I'm 100% for the mask especially if you're indoors but when you're outdoors and you're not really close to people it's really hard it doesn't really, really bother hard. me a whole lot yeah if they're not wearing them so like I don't know I guess if you're gonna have a big crowd outside is a place to do it um, yeah. certainly Texas is better than Bristol yeah but yeah I and I'm I'm with you 100. Like if you're outside, that's fine. But yeah, I don't know if I want to be packed like sardines watching no. a watching well. A race. And they, they did say that the social distancing will still be in effect. Which I don't know if you've been if you've seen any videos from local tracks, but I've seen one from a local track not too far from me that um, <laughs> there was no social distancing going on there. But uh, beside the point. Well, Ace Speedway, that's the famous one. They yeah cram that sucker in. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's not that's not near us. That's in another state. Right. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, st- I know people are trying to move on, but we're, I mean, look what's going on in Florida. It's yeah. a mess. And the NBA is about to come back in Florida. Yep, and it's great like, I, yeah, I don't like uh, guys. Yep. Well, <laughs> and speaking of that, we found out this transitions into the next news item. Oh yeah. This is, this is the, yeah, this is the next thing. Two Stuart Haas employees and one pesky employee have tested positive for COVID-19. We found that out before the race yep. weekend. This Not weekend. track employees though. They Correct. are um, North Carolina based. Correct. Um, but this, yeah, this is the thing that I've been, I've been kind of banging my fist on the desk. Like, okay. Yep. When are we going to have some positive results? Like, there's got to be something. Yeah. And finally, at least we have not not that it's a good thing that we have. I don't want to phrase right. it that way. But I'm, I'm glad that we have the clarity um, from these teams that, yes, we do have positive tests. Yeah, we're not just um, sweeping it under the rug. Yes, exactly. That's where I was getting. At. I don't I don't want to. I, again, it kind of goes back to what happened in Talladega. But, yes, let's make sure that we're at least being. Um, honest about these things. You yeah. know, I'm glad that these teams are reporting uh, as they should be. And then if it does happen at the track, I mean, I was looking before the podcast tonight, Eric, the PGA tour has had a, a whole slew of, of caddies and golfers um, hmm. test positive and they're just going to keep on rolling. They're going to go on to the next tournament. So, hmm. you know, same thing could happen to NASCAR. We're, we're built the same way. It's a traveling circus. So, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully everybody's going to be good. It sounds like everybody's going to be fine from this one, but, um, I'm very happy about the transparent transparency. It's just, it's just something that I just don't think is worth screwing with when you don't need to right now is the biggest thing. No. You know, I mean, that's why we're wearing masks to the track. Part of it is an image thing too. Um, but it's better safe than sorry, you know? Yeah. And for those people that say they can't wear a mask, these guys are jumping over the pit wall and hundred degree weather. Cause I'll tell you what, we're at tracks right now that we would not normally race at this time of year. Talladega, oh, yeah. you don't race in July at Talladega by choice. Yeah. You know, so 
it's not comfortable wearing a black mask when you're doing that. And these guys are surviving just fine doing it. So you guys no, can I, wear I, your mask to Walmart. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I wear my mask into the grocery store and I'm in the parking lot and it was, you know, Eric, last week we were in the, we were in the nineties yeah. here in Michigan and I was in the parking lot putting my mask on. I was like, Holy hell, this is terrible. Yep. And I was thinking about the NASCAR teams like, man, they have to do this all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just wearing my my mask into the store. And then once I get back in my truck, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm a big baby. I hate the mask. So I just don't go places that I need it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if I do need to go to those places, I wear the damn mask. Yeah. Wear yeah mask. No, like I, you know, like I run outside almost every day and I don't wear a mask when I do it. But if I do see people coming, like I will like I will cross the street. Right. To get away from other people, not for my sake. Mm-hmm. But because I'm not wearing a mask, I'm trying to make Painting sure that other people. Over them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm leaving a, you know, I'm leaving that that draft, that wake behind me too. Right. So I want to make sure. Well, because you're I going so fast. Hey, I'm pretty fast. <laughs> no, I'm not that fast. <laughs> uh, um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Tommy Joe Martins both have removed the Mississippi State flag from their cars and their uniforms due to the. Uh, Confederate flag symbolism that is part of the Mississippi state flag. James, I would like to hear your opinion on this one uh, first. Uh, boy. I mean, <laughs> did the right thing. Glad they did it. Uh, but that state flag is going to be changing within the next couple of months. I would venture. Right. Yeah. I think, yes, I agree. I think it's going to change. I think at this point, okay, maybe it's a little bit overkill. Now they did it by choice. Nobody told them they had to remove it. They did it by choice. Oh, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, but it's the state flag too. I mean, yeah, but it's I know, still but officially the state flag. I know, but so I'm a little more sympathetic to it. I think this might be overreacting a little bit, but yeah, the state flag needs to change. I mean, yeah, it 100 percent yeah, yeah. does. Yeah, I mean, it's you know. I said I joked, you know, off the podcast that if you really wanted to get by the Confederate flag thing, then just fly this Mississippi state flag at the track because. Can NAS- is NASCAR going to tell you they can't fly the state flag? I mean, we're not racing in Mississippi, so. Yeah, but. yeah, and the ra- <laughs> don't um, again, don't come at me, guys. I'm totally against the Confederate flag. I think that it should be taken off of the state flag. I think, like James said, it will be. But at the same time, if they were to still run their state flag, uh, I don't know if you guys realize it, but most of the drivers run their state flag next yeah. to their name on the driver's side door. Um, I would be okay with them running that flag because it's their state flag. Yeah, it's just the. But I'm not against them for taking it off. Yeah, it's just the optics of the stars and bars, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the. Uh... Which technically isn't the stars and bars, James. Would you like a history lesson? I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> not, not, not in the podcast. It I've is, it is not the stars and bars. I know, but that's what I know. It's a, I know everybody I refers know, to I, that now, but I know. I just, yeah. <laughs> it, I'm trying to make a visual for the listeners out there. No, we've talked <laughs> about the don't Confederate, know what a Confederate flag, flag enough. Flag looks like. Yeah. All right, let's stop talking about the Confederate flag. Then let's talk I'm about done. Justin Haley, James. I am so who is done gonna, with He's going to race and win the All-Star. I mean, he's just going to race the All-Star race. I mean, he's going to drive around in the All-Star race. He's going to be a driver in the field <laughs> in the All-Star race. Um, am I right? The Spire Motorsports? Because I had. Yeah, Spire. Yeah, the, the 77 middle. that he yes. won a race with and then didn't come back to. And then is racing for the team in a different number. It's a mess. And you yes. can vote for the, the paint scheme online right now on Twitter if you want to vote for that. Uh, James, did you see the paint schemes? I No, I'm not. Um, I'm just, not well versed in Spire. I just wanted sport. to see if you saw it because I it's got the number on the back of the door. Sponsor in front of the number. Oh, God. It looks a little different. 
It's not let's terrible. About, not terrible. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Confederate flag again. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> no, I. Uh, well, Justin Haley, your your Xfinity winner at Talladega, by the way. Yeah. Um, good good work by that colleague team. Uh, that's, yeah, I screwed up and saw who won that race before I watched that race too. I was oh, so mad. Dang, yeah. Hate yeah. that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say other than he's going to be a driver yeah. in the All Star race. Good for him. He gets the start. He's going to get some money. Good for him. Yeah. He yes, won. A, that's what's. I he won the damn race. No matter how he did it, he won the race. He deserves to be in the All Star race. He's an All Star this year. Hey, this rain year. shortened wins count. Yeah, and Erica, nothing against Erica. Justin Haley. I mean, Haley's like you said, he's an Xfinity winner. He's he, a driver. He's I mean, not he's a, a bad big, driver. He just yeah. isn't a crappy he's team. He's young. He's yeah. really young. Yeah. And that team, that team is kind of making a mockery of the system, but kind of not at the same time. They're just taking advantage of what's available. Yeah, that's it's what no, doing. it's no different than people. They got to start. Yeah, yeah. And the guy that won the race for them should probably start that race for that team. I mean, if yeah. you want to run it then run it. You deserve it. You made the, I mean, anybody yeah. could have won the all-star or the, the we're short, shortened race at Daytona. Right. And Justin Haley was the guy. Um, don't worry guys. I'm sure he didn't, he didn't take the fan vote away. Um, no, we know who's winning that. You're probably not going to have to worry about him winning the race, but he's in it. So good for you. Yeah. Him. Yeah. We know who's winning the fan vote by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Bubba's. Yeah. That's Bubba's I, I would vote. hope. Well, maybe he'll win before that James. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> Maybe he'll win this weekend in Pocono. Maybe. We'll Unless he doesn't crash like he did a couple uh, years ago. Well, he doesn't have to go 500 miles this time. Yeah. Well, he's got to go like 600 and That some. is true. That is true. <laughs> it is the same car, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. Speaking of that, guess what, James? What's it's, up? It's doubleheader weekend. It is. The first ever NASCAR doubleheader in the Cup Series in, I think it's the first ever, but if it's not the first ever, it's the first in a really long time. I guess, uh, yeah, if uh, if we had much, much higher expectations for it before COVID. We were a lot more excited Um, about this. Yeah, but we're still (laughs) excited about it. Either way, it's a little less impressive to have two races in one week when we've done it like four times this year. But they're back to back two days in a row. Lots of racing this weekend at Pocono. We have the Pocono Organics 325 on Saturday and the Pocono 350 on Sunday. Uh, We're going to get into our picks in a minute. But before we do that, Talladega picks. Uh, James picked Joey Logano as his pick for the race winner, and I saw the future and picked Ryan Blaney and got two points for the win. The second time Eric has pulled the the win, <laughs> we so have got the two to one lead there too. We were very close on the dark horse. Uh, Michael McDowell finished a little bit ahead of Brendan Gunn, so James gets the point for Michael McDowell. Uh, I am up sixteen to thirteen after thirteen races. We are still keeping it close. Who would have thought that I would have picked Michael McDowell and gotten a point on this thing? Right? That's all I have to say. I should That's get two good. for that. Yeah, you should. No, I'm you just should. kidding. Trying to think who it was. Okay, so I probably would have picked Bubba. And where did Bubba end up? 14th. So would I have gotten the points if I had picked Bubba? Yeah, I yep, would have. Yeah, you would have beat McDowell. Yeah, I should yep. have went with Bubba like I was going to then. Oh, well. All right. Um, so we get to make our pick for Pocono. So here's what we're going to do, James. We talked about this before the podcast, but we'll let everybody else know what we're doing. Um, rather than pick two times for two races that are basically the identical race, we're going to pick once. So we have one pick. We're going to score them separately. So, and now I see why you did it because I pick first, you pick first for two races in a row. Did I basically, that's what you're going to get to do. You get Pocono two first oh, place. Yeah, back. you're right. I guess I kind of do. That's okay. Yeah. You deserve it. You won the race with Ryan Blaney. I have no, I have no quarrel here. You're yeah. the points leader. You should have the advantage. Hmm. 
Um, on that note, I get the first pick, and I'm going to pick Ryan Blaney again, James. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he's so got to win Blaney one of the for... two, right? Yeah. So <laughs> he's got to win here with Wood Brothers, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, let me – I was looking at the kind of a broader spectrum. I'm going to narrow it down here. So you've got Blaney. Eric Jones has the best average finish here. Yeah, of the last 10, it's Eric Jones. Um, but the last, I like to go like to the last four. That gives me a nice little little uh, look here. Well, if you're going to go with Blaney, and I've got two races to try to beat you, I'm going to take Kyle Busch. Hmm. Um, last four races, last four races, he is the only yeah, driver with four bigger. top tens. He's got two wins. He has an average finish of 3.5. Um, he is not had the best of luck so far this year but maybe with two races in a row kb can uh can turn it around now we both left the winningest driver at pocono off the list and that's denny hamlin yeah However, hambone. De- denny hamlin's wins came in the pre-repave or a lot of them did yeah anyway. yeah so yep. he has not been as good since they repaved the track some other some other drivers really good here recently is uh harvick and truex and byron has some nice Stats here, but he's off the board. He is not considered a dark horse. Yeah, where is where is Truex bad at right now? It's not much. Um, not much. No, there's a couple he's tracks, not really... but not much. Nah, he's not bad anywhere anymore. Nope. Now he's in JGR. Now he's yeah, hundred percent no. JGR equipment. Yeah. All right, James, you get dark horse. Who's your first dark horse? Or who's your dark horse pick? Who is the dark horse pick? Well, let me see. Uh, I don't think he qualifies. I was going to say Almirola, but he doesn't qualify. No. Uh, man, I have to go way down the list to find <laughs> a dark horse. Um, you know what? I will take... Uh, I'm going to have to go with the power plant here. Um, give me Matt DiBenedetto. Okay. For if i got if I got to have two races, I'm going to take Matt, and I'm going to take that Penske power. That's right. Two races. Does that, does that change my decision? There's not... I mean... You can't really pick anybody. I'm looking through the list here. There's not a lot of guys who are really eligible according to our rules. Um, I mean, you got yeah. Chris Buescher, but he won a range short in Pocono race. Yeah, so I think Chris Buescher could still be a dark horse. Stenhouse. That's all right, James. I'm going to pick Ty Dillon. No real reason. I just no real reason. Just okay. going with Ty Dillon. Yep. You don't want Quinn Huff. No. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good with Quinn. Um, no, Ty Dillon, you know, he's, he's respectable. He'll, he'll finish mid pack and yeah, you know, maybe, maybe get me a point over Matty D who might have trouble or something, but so I was, I mean, it's gonna be hard thinking, to beat Matty D. I was thinking about taking Tyler Reddick, but he's never run here before. But Pocono is friendly to rookies. Yeah. It has been friendly to rookies in the past. Um, Tyler Reddick would be a good, I feel like, Tyler uh, Reddick doing the Xfinity series here. Don't they, they don't run Xfinity at Pocono, do they? Oh no, you're right. They don't. Just the so truck that, series, and he hasn't run yeah. the truck series, has he? No, yeah, I don't think he. Well, not that I recall, but hmm. I'm sure he does. Interesting. Um, yeah, Chris Bell has not been here yet. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, sure, Chris, Christopher Bell might have run in the truck series here. Uh, not in the. Yeah, I was looking at. I'm sorry, I was looking at the Cup Series stats. But he, um, yeah, Chris Bell's. Yeah, uh, Chris Bell. Hold on. He might not have though, because the truck series hasn't been going there for that long. Oh, they just started going back not long ago. Yeah. Um, Might have been since he left. I'll find that out. I can get that information for you here. Hold on. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I'll filibuster with absolutely nothing. 
I mean, come on, you can handle this. I mean, yeah, he's run a couple full time seasons in the truck series, so he should have yeah. run Pocono. Unless they weren't racing in Pocono. Yeah, right? here we go. Uh, 2016, he finished 10th. Okay. And in. 10th's pretty br- bad for him in the truck series, though. In 2017, he won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, racing for Kyle Busch Motorsports. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if he's raced there or not. Oh, he's got to win. Okay. The one thing to consider here is that this is a real big crapshoot because we're running, you know, a hundred miles less than we normally would than we normally do here. Um, For years, Pocono was 500 miles. It's been 400 miles the last few. And the 400 Um, miles have been really much better. Yeah. And I think, I think this, I think these races will be great. I am. We might have might find the sweet spot for Pocono right here. I think 325 might be the sweet spot for Pocono. Yeah, and then the three fifty. I mean, if three twenty five is a good show, then yeah, we get a little bonus twenty five on uh, on the three fifty yep. next the, on Sunday. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday Cup races. Woohoo! Yeah, twenty five miles at a two and a half mile track isn't that much. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just so. a couple. <laughs> so let's hope weather stays away because who knows what happens with if it rains. Um, but it it will. Cause... Please God, <laughs> just get through a weekend without rain. Uh, Todd's not going to the track, right? Our, our good buddy, our I don't friend, think he was. Friend I, of the show. I can't remember now. I don't, I don't think he is, but is. yeah, that's a bonus. <laughs> Sorry, um, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, fantasy, do you got fantasy stats up? Yeah. Um, so, Tommy Talladeg is a crapshoot. Nobody yeah. really scored that high. Ranger yeah, gets I noticed the, win the numbers more. were all really low, but I didn't check it after they finished the finishing order, so it might have changed yeah. a little bit. Yep. Yep, Ranger wins. Um, actually, pretty close. One seventy-seven. Justin seven one three finishes second uh, with one fifty-eight. I was third with one fifty-two. Yeah, you had a good one. Uh, Jay went. Baron Speedway. Freight Train. Danny the Many. The KB Show in eighth. And Toyota Fan was ninth. How many points did I have? You. <laughs> uh, one fifteen. One fifteen. One fifteen. Sorry, yeah, I chuckled because yeah. I knew it was low. It and then was I, bad. Yeah. Um, Eric and I continue to, to duke it out towards the back of the field uh, in the in the overall standings. Um, the top three right now, Freight Train, our, our buddy there, he uh, he is – Ranger caught, made some ground up on him, but uh, still first place. Ranger second. Denny the Many is third. And then uh, sandwiched in between me and Eric uh, in the fifth <laughs> – between fifth and seventh is uh, Baron Speedway, our good buddy there too. There you go. So there you go. There's our overall standings kind of. All right. Uh, James, you got any shout outs today? Um, I got a couple, actually. Um, I watched a film this uh, this weekend. Ford versus Ferrari. Hmm. Have you seen it? No, I have not. Okay, well, not not made for the racing enthusiast. I'll say that, (laughs) but it's very good. If you like racing movies like we do, um, it's very good. Racing is very good in it. Um, The only gripe I have. I have one gripe, and it's the nerdiest, stupidest gripe you could have. <laughs> they show a race uh, at the 24 Hours of Daytona, and it's at Auto Club Speedway, oh, and it has safer barriers. I hate that. And I was very much bothered by this. However, I had to stop my nerdness and remember that this was made for the masses, not for me. Right, most so people don't have a clue. Settle down, James. <laughs> settle down. The uh, the actual racing from the 24 hour of, of Le Mans is very good. Um, but yeah, just just uh, yeah, it's on HBO Max right now or HBO Now or whatever HBO thing you got. So nice. Um, yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. Very good. Cool. Very very good. 
Um, I will throw a little shout out out there to Eli Tomac. James, you know who Eli Tomac is? Oh, that yeah, I know that name. Yeah, Eli Tomac is the 2020 Monster Energy Supercross champion. Finally, gets a championship after being like the most dominating rider the last several years, but just has always managed to throw it away at the end. Uh, Tomac got the championship on Sunday. Um, thanks to the rain delay, I was able to watch it live. <laughs> and yeah. uh, um, so uh, and you know, congrats to Supercross for being able to. Um, put together seven race series in uh, Rice Cycle Stadium in Utah and finish their season out, albeit not in front of fans, but finish their last seven rounds, crown a champion, and now they get to move on to their outdoor series. So, so did they? Did they get an actual full season in? They got a full season in every race. So this that they is not in. a. This is not an asterisk championship. Nope. This is a legit. He is the champ. I would say you this was tougher than a normal championship because oh, so many of these races deal. were run in the daytime in Utah. And, and yeah, they were yeah. hot and miserable. The track was rough and and very like very um, solid. You know, not your typical yeah. supercross tracks. Um, and of course, at high elevation too. Which Eli is from Denver, so he's that used helped. to high elevation. But yeah, that's good. Yeah, they managed to get the whole thing in and uh, did a good job of covering it. Uh, NBC did a good job of covering it. They managed to get some stuff on actual NBC proper. Um, they had one race with some rain, and otherwise uh, everything turned out really good for them. So congrats to Supercross for getting their season in. It looked like they weren't going to finish till fall, if at all. Well, so, Yeah, so they are technically the first sport to uh, to crown a champion in COVID. Yeah. Right there. Yes, there you are. go. Yep. Wow. So. And they got no pub for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unless you're in the Supercross circle, there was really no publicity you know, whatsoever. I had a good conversation with a buddy of mine. This is a quick, very quick tangent. Yeah. Uh, he was saying, uh, he's saying, how can you not let ESPN into the track for NASCAR? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, they, they only have a certain amount of space and ESPN of course, didn't, didn't renew the rights back in the day and, and put in a low bid, blah, 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 blah. And then we both thought about it and we're like, well, yeah, that makes sense because every sport is like that. They don't, they're not covered by no, no one entity covers every sport, not even ESPN. Right. ESPN's covering NASCAR right now, but you know, NBC doesn't cover a lot of stuff and they cover motocross and supercross. So, right. you know, you give and take with some of these networks. I was actually like, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, just because they're ESPN, they don't have the, uh, you know, the well reach, re, you know, they, they pick and choose, right. They do what yeah. they want. Yeah. NASCAR, so, anyway. won't, NASCAR won't let Marty Smith into the track, but they had let both Jim Utter and Chris Knight in. I was not going to take it down that direction. I'm so glad. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. You're not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. How how good? This can be another shout out. How good was that Marty Smith on SportsCenter segment? By the way. Um. I okay. Let me confess. I only saw it. I didn't hear it. Okay. You didn't (laughs) hear what he had to say. I've scrolled. I was scrolling through Twitter and saw him fired up and I, he was fired up. He almost F bombed. Um, (laughs) I love Marty Smith. He pulled it back in. You and and I, you and I have, have a love for Marty and McGee, but you are more the McGee side and I'm more of the Smith side. I, uh, Marty's, I see, I got, did you read Marty's book? I've got it right here next to me. No, I can read it to you right now. I can read you some chapters. Never settle. Marty Smith book. You read it to me. I'll read Let's, page for page. I'm sure we'll Martin do we'll do a live that. reading on the podcast next week. Yeah, full full book all the way through. 100%. Full book all the way through. Yeah, he's got some good stories in there. Um, You're gonna have to get the audio book for it. It's good. Yeah, he, and he read it too. Did so he? That's good. Oh, maybe yeah. I should do that then. Yeah. When no, I go back I to work it. and I have to drive an hour and ten minutes to work, I'll get the <laughs> Marty Smith book. 
<laughs> having Marty covering NASCAR has been just a, such a th- great throwback for me. Yeah. It's been fantastic to watch. So yeah, I got into Marty and McGee right when Marty and McGee were ending, and, and the podcast was ending, which I was on the podcast. By the way, that's a nice little nugget. I wasn't. My voice wasn't on the podcast, but I tweeted in and got lit, got named. Yeah. So there you go. There's that. Yeah. And then they, they then they defunded the podcast. <laughs> Is that not the right word? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with that, James, since uh, you're firing everybody up, where can they find you on social media to tweet at, at you? At, at James Cush on Twitter or Instagram now, apparently, because I'm doing stuff there. Apparently. There you go. Uh, you can find me at T Super Speedway on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Super Speedway. Our website is thesuperspeedway.com. You can find uh, old episodes of the podcast on there. Uh, we have the show notes up. You can find links to all the articles we discussed, uh, all that stuff, past articles, past coverage of races. Uh, past photos. Notice I'm saying past because I don't think I'm going to be allowed at the track this year. So there probably won't be any future stuff this year, but past is all up there. So check that out. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of work went into that. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And if you want to become a part of the show and help us out, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash the super speedway. Anything else before we get out of here, James? No, I, I think we should get out of here before I get us in trouble. Yeah, probably, probably. It's One of us will do it eventually. It's just a matter of time. 159 episodes so far. Hasn't happened yet, but it's coming. It's, we're getting too comfortable. <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh, with that, Pocono Raceway this weekend, we got all kinds of racing. We got Xfinity Series. We got Truck Series. I think the Arca Series is racing. Uh, we got two Cup Series races. If you can't find racing this weekend, you there's something wrong with you. Just you know, click on the TV. It should be on pretty much 24-7. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Pocono and, uh, and get back into it. So until then, everybody, let's go racing. <laughs>